0: Hello, hello everyone. Thank you for joining me today. Welcome to School After Hours Podcast, where staff, administrators, and families keep their finger on the pulse of the wonderful world of OST programming, aka out of school time programming. I am your host, Lee. And today we're going to be diving back into our conversation with Mr. Pete Glesman. If you did not get a chance to listen to the episode before this, please go ahead and listen to it. It is leadership beyond the role. I'm interviewing a good friend of mine and former coworker, Mr. Pete Glesman, and we walk through his experience as a leader in education, but also in after school programming as well. It'll give you good insights of what we're about to dive into with this bonus conversation that him and I had. So in this conversation, we dive a little bit deeper into leadership, the theory, uh, the character of leadership, uh, sometimes the cost of leadership, and also, you know, what you you hope for and what you strive uh, to be as a leader. So without further ado, sit back, relax, put your headphones in or turn it up just enough to hear, and let's roll this tape. All right. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back. We have Mr. Pete Glusman in the chair, and we've been talking about his journey of leadership, not from just the classroom, but also in administration from education, but also in nonprofit. So, Pete, <laughs> as we're coming back and we're talking about um education and leadership um, and how leadership takes form in more than just a role. You know, you experience leadership sometimes in the best way and sometimes in the worst way, and it could come from above or below. But the overall idea of it is that um, you don't need to have a particular, just a title role in order to be a leader. Right. Sure. And it's more so rather your state of of mind, because I know that I've had that experience of that person may have had the title, but when it came down to doing the actual work, that may not have been their best thing. It was the person that was able to, you know, get their hands dirty and actually rile the team together, execute the vision or the plan, and then kind of celebrate each person as they played their part or play their role in executing whatever it was. So with that being said, The first half of the show was about your experience of leadership. But now I want to dive in to what you believe a leader is. So let's talk about the journey of leadership and kind of what it taught you in the process on all levels, from classroom to administration all the way back to classroom. Sure. So let's start with something that's a little simple, but it's kind of complex at the same time. What do you think a leader is?
1: I mean the literature says that a that a leader leader is somebody who can generate followership um, get people to follow along and do what they they you know what needs to be done, whether it's um the vision of the organization, not the or the vision of the individual um mm-hmm. and I think to sort of um, blend that with my current state of mind about the whole thing is you know leadership to me means that. Um, willing to make sacrifices, yet at the same time, also stand firm in what you believe in, what's best for um, a group of people, whether it's the people that you serve um, as an organization or the people that you serve directly as your sort of direct reports. Um, that's what leadership is is trying to find that that delicate balance on how to do that. And one of the ways you can do that is by distributing some of the leadership. You can let somebody who's in your, in your circle to, you know, um, feel free to make mistakes and of course, uh, um, do something that's going to, uh, help their leadership journey too.
0: Awesome. Okay. So what do you think are the three best qualities of a good leader? And what are the three worst qualities of a bad leader?
1: Um, best qualities, compassion, uh, flexibility, and, um, remembering where you come from. Um, mm-hmm. that's probably the three, you know, compassion is, uh, making sure that you, you don't too harshly judge others, um, remembering where you come from. Uh, you know, you weren't always gifted with the opportunities that you have now. Yes. Um, and then, um, gosh, I'm zoning. I, I can't believe I did that. So I, I messed up the middle one there. Um, I said the, oh, flexibility, flexibility. Yes. Good, good. And I don't mean like being able to contort yourself into uh, pretzels. But what I do mean by flexibility is being able to move and, and shift with the with the times and the culture and everything else and being willing to learn.
0: Right, and I feel like some people, when they get to that level of leadership, they're no longer open to different concepts and different ideas, or even hearing other people's opinion um, or thoughts. They're they're like, "I'm here. This is what we should do, and this is how we should do it." But any great leader can tell you that it's a collaborative effort.
1: Absolutely, it does not flow that way. It doesn't flow, um, you know, from up to down. It, it, you know, it goes all over the place. It moves all around. And three terrible qualities of leaders um you know again i think is like the antithesis the failure to remember where 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 you where you came from and i don't mean like where you grew up i mean like mm-hmm. where you started your leadership journey like yeah. you, you didn't just like you know hatch into a leader um you weren't just uh um poof you're a leader you had something happen and somebody gave you a break may- maybe um so you got to give somebody else a break i would say the other thing too is um people who are really focused on um numerical results or mm-hmm. data um like quantitative data um numbers oh that is like that is just terrible um i worked with somebody who um and i i think uh, also <laughs> you know I, I tend to to pool those experiences into my brain they they occupy a space and when i get to pull them out it kind of makes me feel queasy but um right. i worked with somebody who always talked about the numbers like always like and they were mostly financial numbers about ah, okay. um like you know what was what was the uh you know here's the spreadsheet for the month and you know we are here and that number is not good and You know, I'm thinking to myself, like, we're talking about kids here. We're talking about, you know, we're not talking about that. So that was hard. And then the other thing I think is um, how you communicate. Like, you can be a really poor leader um, just by your communication. I did work with somebody who, when she wanted to see me about something, and what she would do is put a Post-it note in my box, and on it she would write, see me. And put it in the post it in the in the mail room box, and I would say to myself like, and I would just get myself tied all up in knots. I would go, Oh my gosh, what does she want me to see? Now I've learned through that that what I want to do is I would send somebody an email or a text message or call them and say, Hey let's carve out some time in the next day or two. So it doesn't seem like it's super urgent, right? To put somebody on edge, say, let's carve out some time so that we can discuss what happened with X, Y, or Z right. and some solutions moving forward. Boom, right. a lot different. It doesn't fit on a post-it note, but it certainly helps to, be, to do that.
0: Right, and then you don't have that buildup of anxiety and tension like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what's going on?
1: <laughs> yeah, it can be tough. It can be tough. I, I I know how I feel like that. Maybe somebody else doesn't, but I think it's you know something that I've learned that I won't do.
0: Right. I was like, no, they feel like that. I don't know who's who's brave or bold enough to admit it, but I know that in having those conversations is all about your approach mm-hmm. and you know applying a certain level of the so the person feels comfortable. I know I can't remember where I read it from, but um I've, I've read it somewhere, I can't remember, but it stood out to me as far as, you know, when you go over an evaluation of for anyone, it shouldn't be a feeling of regret or anxiety that that other person has. It should have a feeling, a certain level of calm, and that person should be assured that this is for their support. I don't think those things come across sometimes when you call a meeting for somebody because of how it was approached or you know how the formulation of that meeting come up, comes about. Absolutely. mm Have people stressed out pulling out their hair. Not a good thing. Not a good nope. thing.
1: Not at all. <laughs>
0: um, my next question for you, P, is do you ever leave, uh, did you ever leave a position based on that leadership?
1: Mm. Um, the main reason why people in education, I think it's education. I don't think it's all over the place, but it could be all over the place. The main reason people leave a, an organization and not a person. Uh, Mm -hmm. well, maybe they're leaving a person. I don't know, but I, I would say support, right? So if you don't get the support from your immediate supervisor, um, or, yeah, the support, then that is going to be the the one thing that can probably, you know, make you want to leave. Um, I can tell you that on like you know doing an autopsy on why I left a, an organization, I think ultimately you're gonna have at least partial reasons be the people that you work for. Um, and, it, and and it might be because the person above them is giving, them directives that are going down to you and you feel like the person the person above you should have pushed back up, you know, mm-hmm. and we can't go around to the top person like, that right. doesn't work like that. But I do believe there have been situations like that. And again, I've been so fortunate to, you know, land on my feet when I don't think I'm doing, you know, making a good choice for me or my family in a position, you know, I've been a- extra fortunate doing that. Um, and I understand that that's a privilege that I have. I will say this though: that I would encourage anybody who's in leadership to make sure that, like, they they stay true to themselves and don't become, you know, the the person that that they are working under. Um, yes. th- don't don't become that person, like, or the a junior version of that person, just to just because you feel like that's what needs to be done. Do do everything for the right reasons.
0: Right. Um, what's true to yourself and knowing your values. And that's something that um, I was talking to a uh, peer about um, and a former coworker is in, in organizational work, staying true to what your values, is, what your values are, even when you're going to work with different organizations because they may change. But doesn't necessarily mean that you have to completely transform yourself for them. Because at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, you know, are you going to be recognizable?
1: Yeah, you definitely don't want to look in the mirror and see somebody you're not. You know, you 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 didn't grow up knowing.
0: Mm-hmm. That's all. That's all. Oh, <laughs> another mm-hmm. topic. <laughs> oh, very true. Um, in learning or going through that, as far as um, you know, having that experience with leadership, you know, what were some things that you could have potentially changed, or what are some things that positively came out of that um, situation? Mm
1: I I think I probably would have been able to read situations a little bit better um n- near the uh, that that one I was just talking about with like the numbers 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 at one point that person enlisted a peer of mine not in the same position as me but in the same sort of level as me there's like different parts of this organization and um this other person kind of brought brought us together in a meeting like, you know, a very regular meeting that I had with my supervisor and um, the supervisor brought another person in and that other person was kind of like sent there or brought there to try to feel me out to see if I was really going to, you know, be the player that they wanted me to be. And I don't want to say team player because I don't think it was about being team player. I think it was like sort of like giving in to whatever they wanted to do. And if I would have read the situation earlier, a little bit better, it wouldn't have got to that. And I probably would have said, eh, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not really, um, I'm not really cut out for that kind of work. So I, you know, but I, but I had, um, I had a good little run um, in that position and, um, learned a lot. And, um, so, so, you know, I, I think, um, ultimately it's, it, it served to help me, but I think if I had to do it over again, I would have uh, read the, read the room a little better.
0: Right. Read the signs, read the signs. Yes. Yes. (laughs)
1: If I could, if I could follow up on that just real quick. sure, sure. So, so earlier in that, process, that person that had been brought into the meeting, they had done and said something that that wasn't really good for my part of the program. And so I said to my supervisor, I said, hey, look, like if that's that person's take on things, it's not going to end well for that person because they're going to learn about me that I don't play like that. And then six months later, that person was brought into that meeting and it showed me where things were. So, you know what I mean? Like that, my right. supervisor did feel like that person was right and I was wrong and I should, needed to be kind of corralled. And and so I said, okay, I kind of get it now. I know where right. we are.
0: Yeah. Right, And it's that's the part about once you know where you stand and those individuals stand, then you yourself know how to move. Yep. Um, whether it's moving out of the way, <laughs> mm-hmm. or you know, taking a different, um, taking a different stance and standing your ground. So yeah, I, I get it. I completely get it. So based on the experiences that you have had in leadership, um, how did it shape your philosophy?
1: Um, I would say that everything that's happened to me, positive or negative, has really shaped me as a as a person, I don't want to say as a leader cuz um then it then it just, you know, kind of um uh pigeonholes me into being only a leader cuz I'm also a follower too. Right. Um I'm, you know, I I have to um follow along with others who, you know, and support other people's visions. So but all of these experiences have really helped me to be a better um be a better person.
0: Right. Um yeah. and push yourself forward. So. Yeah,
1: and and and, and Understand the bigger picture.
0: And bigger picture is so important um, to because I feel like we sometimes stay so close to the ground of do, 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 do. Mm-hmm. We kind of forget to kind of take a step back and look at the overall picture to see not just our progress, but what we've learned as individuals and how we have kind of helped others in that process of achieving the goal or the mission of what that overall, you know, big idea or thing or vision may be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Do you mind sharing with us, Pete, what is your philosophy of leadership? I
1: think I kind of uh, touched on it a little bit before, but I really believe in that distributed leadership is to let anybody who has that, um, um, you know, the glimmer, the potential of leadership, allow them to show it. And maybe even if they don't try to see if they want to exhibit that, I would hope that Um, the autonomy that I've given has, uh, to people to do certain things as when I'm the leader and and they are working with me, um, to give them that opportunity to show their own brand of leadership. So distributing it rather than saying like, okay, here's the four things that I need you to do. Um, you know, get back to me when you do them. Instead, I might say, you know, here are three things that I have to do. And I would love to see how you take this and run with it because it might give me a new perspective or it might give me a new approach to to how to do things. Or, you know, you can eventually teach me how to how to how to do, you know, X, Y, or Z. Um Yeah, I've always tried to do that. And I, I could probably have done it to a greater extent, but I believe that's my my key uh thing is to distribute that leadership to others.
0: Gotcha. I gotta stop saying gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta pick a different word. I'm like, okay, I need to think about it. Hold on, wait. Can't say "awesome."
1: You'd say "uh-huh." <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh-huh. Oh no, you could
1: do like the kids do in the in the chat, right? The the kids um in the um virtual learning chats that they'll, they'll just say, you know, I, you <laughs> know, I, I I I I G H T, and I'm like. Uh-huh. Are you really? really going there? Are you typing out that whole thing? Like, I, really- no, but but like, not saying it. I get that, but like typing it all out. Like, all they have to do is is unmute their mic and say that. And I get it because that's how kids are. But they're gonna actually type out all that four eyes and a and a and a GHT. Like, so it went, <laughs> so we had a new student yesterday, and uh-huh. I said. Hey everybody! Say say hey to uh, and it was like a contest who could have the most wise on hey. I was like, I shouldn't have said say hey. I should have said say hello. Right,
0: right. So type to, that uh, out.
1: Type that out. It was like hey. I was like, oh gosh. <laughs> but they can't see each other. Well, they can if they wanted to, but they don't, so they don't know whether they're interested or perhaps
0: interested. <sighs> These children, so, I tell you. Yes, yes. They, they children. They have mm-hmm. Okay, so so much about leadership is modeled in behavior, right? So mm-hmm. as a teacher, how do you now um, exercise leadership in your classroom?
1: Well, I talked about like compassion and understanding, I think, a couple of times during the chat today. And mm-hmm. I think that I have done that with students. I've been... You know, talking to them outwardly, vocally, um, saying in the morning announcements that I type up and I put into their Canvas pages, I say things to them like, I want this to be less stressful for you. It can't be stressless. It can't mm-hmm. be without stress, but I want it to be stress less for you, or less stress for you, so that you can have an opportunity. If something comes up, um, you know, I've, I had students who had, you know, deaths in their family from COVID. I had them have all kinds of, you know, crazy stuff happen. What if I were to, like, act uh, less than compassionately toward them, just to, uh, you know, kind of be hammer across, you know, the teacher, the whole teacher thing from the beginning to no i had to like say you know to students i i have heard what you are saying i'm going to give you this time and this opportunity to to make up work etc
0: got you and that and and those are important because you also talked about grace um As far as leadership, too, but also with students. And that's important to apply because, like you said, you never know what someone's going through in their background, which causes them to act a certain way in front of you. (laughs) Thank you, Pete. This is a very good note to end on. Educators, out-of-school time coordinators, and program staff continue to operate in grace you never know who will need a little extra compassion to get through the rest of their day, including yourselves. Be gentle with you. You know, we don't always get it right the first time, but if we keep on trying, eventually we get there. I want to say thank you for listening today. Thank you to Pete for doing the show. Uh, He did an amazing job and gave, uh, shared a lot of his wisdom uh, and his experience. So hopefully you're able to take from that and sprinkle it around uh, everywhere. I also want to thank you guys. Thank you for listening to today's show. I'm always grateful that you're here to share these moments and experiences with us. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you liked what you heard today, visit Pod Chaser and leave us a five-star review. Also, share us with your friends, your family, your network, your inner circle, your outer circle, all your circles. <laughs> Help us spread the word about the good things that OST programs are doing in their communities, as well as with the students and families that they serve. Continue to tune in as we continue to talk about the way that OST programs are evolving during this time and kind of what it may look like in the future. If you want to share us with your friends, family, network, we can be found on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Podcast Addict. Also, visit our website at www.schoolafterhours.net, sign up for our newsletter, so you'll be able to have access to us and see what we're doing behind the scenes, as well as receive any freebies that I might release for the month and have access to any exclusive content that I might release later on in the year. You'll be the first ones to get it. Well, that's all I have today. So enjoy yourselves, be good to each other, but most importantly, be good to yourself. Once again, I'm Jay Lee and I'm signing off from school after hours. Goodbye.